Uh, it was guileless. Uh, it was, it was, you can't believe the feeling of so many Australians in the crowd here at Leon. It's, it's just, uh, it's dumbfounded, really, that yeah. such little things in a game of football, uh, balls kicked dead in goal off penalties, uh, balls kicked out on the full, uh, Samu Karevi in his own quarter late in the game, chasing the game, fumbled a pass that might have been to himself. I mean, it was just uh, yeah. plain embarrassing. Plus the penalty count went off the map as well. So I'll hand over to Harry. I'm sure he's got something as well. Yeah. What, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts, mate? Uh, lambs led to the slaughter in Lyon. L- lambs to the Lyon. Yeah. I, I yeah. really felt like they were um, never in it, even when the early going was going. I just thought, this is not convincing. Uh, I also thought about carbon neutered because this whole Carter Ben thing <laughs> yeah, was no. horrible. I mean, when Dan Bigger went off, Gareth Anscombe came on, 36 caps, New Zealand under 20s, he looked fine. Yeah, he looked like he played 100 tests, yeah. didn't he? He looked like he played 100 tests, and, and, and that should have been an opportunity for, uh, for Australia, and it, was just, and it was just no good at all. I, I, I just had, I just had Wallabies will in face of Welsh wave. And Jim's yeah. in a bit of trouble with his tour group there. It was just, there was just no way of, of, of rescuing that. I, I said at half time that it already felt like Australia needed to be the first to score and immediately they were held up in a mall from a, a forced turnover. They considered a scrum penalty. Ben Donaldson had a pass intercepted uh, and then they had a line out throw, not straight. And then from that, Wales scored about two minutes later, and that was the beginning of the end, really, wasn't it? Jim, you're you're on tour there with uh, with Gulliver's, as you, as you mentioned. You've you've got a, a big group now of disappointed Australian fans. Uh, what what was there? We we saw we saw Australian fans streaming out of the stadium from about the 70 minute mark. What what's been the feeling there in the tour group? Oh, the, the feeling really is that Australian rugby has made no strides at this World Cup at all. Like, there's been some big talking and Eddie Jones saying, I take full responsibility. I'm sorry, that just doesn't cut it. Mm. Um, Dave Reddy had his had his flaws, and I will always say that losing by one point or two points is still the biggest gulf between finding a, a good side and a great side because you, you just have to win games to bridge that uh, tricky golf in the last 10 minutes of a match. Um, Eddie Jones has deconstructed that side and uh, it's almost an embarrassment that he should roll out six or seven captains in a year. That's devaluing yeah. the leadership of the Wallabies. And leadership is one thing we didn't really see at this World Cup. Um, I'm, Dave Parecki is a fine player and a, a really good <coughs> man, but there didn't seem to be talk on the field, there was nervousness. Like you could see 15 nervous players on the field mm-hmm. oftentimes. And it was just incoherent often. And uh, I don't know what happens from here. You, you've got to start again. Like this group of guys, uh, there's a bit of shell-shocked quality to them. Uh, they didn't bounce back. They had about 15 or 20 minutes in the first half. And then it just went backwards. Um and you'd have to think that the world vision of the Wallabies is that you put a bit of heat on them 
and they fall apart. They just can't Absolutely. go the pace. And that's a horrible slide on Australia. Absolutely. Yeah. Harry, they played like a team with no experience and with no leadership. And that's been the hallmark of this campaign, hasn't it? Yeah. And I, I wrote earlier that Eddie should be axed if he cannot get the Wallabies out of the pool because Wallabies always get out of the pool. This is one of the things that you can count on Australia when it comes to these big competitions. You have a heart-of-the-ball open sider. You have clever midfielders. You have good footballers. You have strong wings. Um, you have a pack that's you know, can battle with the best of them. None of that was the case in the end. That is not to say that these players themselves individually are not good. There are some really fine players. Mm. But Eddie made them worse than the sum of their parts. They were all looking over, the co- over their shoulders at Eddie. It was all too much about Eddie. He had no assistance of any notes. Um, he cowed the press or tried to. He was spending more time talking about uppercuts to yourself than, than getting his fucking team ready for the World Cup. And I don't know what he was doing, spending up till midnight doing these plans that, he, that everyone talks about, but apparently none of it really was coming to fruition on the field. So what does it matter if you work till midnight? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even understand what possibly could have gone right with the particular configuration he had. I was watching the backline moves of Wales. They were fluid. There were two or three options. Uh, they always seem to find space on the outside. Brett, you've been talking about this all year. So I don't know what was going on in the coaching, but that was available. Warren Gatlin knew it was, and he put it there. Harry, we've just, we've just temporarily lost Jim um, there at the stadium. Um, how much of a factor do we think that story broken by Tom Deese in the Sydney Morning Herald on Sunday afternoon that, that Eddie Jones interviewed for the Japan job in the days leading up to the Womp game v France. How, th- that probably hasn't played a role in the preparation of this team, but in the grand scheme of things, that's a huge thing. Yeah, I think, you know, we shouldn't probably discuss, uh, people shouldn't be so upset about the ethics of breaking a story if it's true. That is a story about um, not believing in your team, uh, saying one thing in public and another thing in private, doing another thing in private probably kind of betraying your friend Hamish McLennan, who's actually stuck it out with Eddie. So I think that's the story. Now, the timing of it, that's an editorial uh, decision. I suppose Sydney Morning Herald believed it was newsworthy and, and the yeah. people who spent $20,000 or the people who were um, maybe dropped, you know, unceremoniously, maybe, you know, for them, they were thinking, that's fine. You know, um, so I'm not too worried about that. What I would say is this. It makes me wonder who has the best interests of Rugby Australia in their real hearts and minds and do they act on it or is it just kind of some kind of weird melodrama soap opera because yeah. what the Wallabies led the World Cup in this time was in drama. It was it, like yeah. the Wallabies were the drama team and this is ridiculous for a team with sort of proud history with you know the country that is in the top two or three or four you know teams in World Cup history to have so much drama that was self-imposed. So, you know, Eddie, give yourself an uppercut and stop blaming everyone else. It's yeah. ridiculous. And that's, and that's the thing there. You just said self-imposed. And it was all completely brought on themselves. And, it, and I say themselves as the group. It's actually hard on the players because they were sent out into a World Cup campaign without a game plan to win without the tools to get themselves out of a grind, 
and without the experience to know what to do in those tricky situations. And um, I've got no, um, I've got no doubts, and, and I could see it. They are trying their hearts out of there. I, I genuinely feel sorry for these players right now because, as you say, there's some very, very good footballers amongst them. But they've yeah, been every single, to do every, this job. Every single person. I mean, Jordan Pattaya was wriggling himself out of his skin yeah. to get free. Uh, Karevi was running like a truck. Rob Valentini yeah. only knows one way. Angus Bell was playing like, you know, a roaring lion. The problem is it, none of it fit together. None of it had any um, discernible shape. Yeah. I mean, I was sitting with a bunch of Welsh guys and they were, they were just shaking their head. They said, we thought this is going to be a real struggle no matter yeah. what, you know, because that's how the Wallabies always are. But it just seemed like it was meek in the end. Mm. There was no proper leadership. It reminded me of Alistair Kutsia days with a box where you go, these are actually good players. Michael Marks is there. Etzebeth is there. Why are we losing by 57? Yeah. And I had that same feeling. And it, all I can say is a coach who was once good is not always good. So you cannot just go back and say, but he did this, he did that, he did this in 07, 03. Uh, come on. It's obvious that Eddie has not taken enough time to himself to study new trends. Um, he, he wasn't able to do what Warren Gatlin did, which is just put a hatchet job together mm. for a quick hit, you know, a smash and grab. I mean, maybe he knew he was supposed to do it, but he didn't do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you said it. You said you said it last week. Simon Robert Louis showed what you can do in a quick turnaround. Warren Gatlin has now shown what you can do in a quick, quick turnaround. Australia now, without doubt, is a worse team than they were twelve months ago. Yeah, and if you say, "Well, Warren Gatlin returned to his old team," whatever. Jack Morgan is his captain. Jack Morgan's twenty-three. Jack, Jack, Jack Morgan has played fourteen tests and he played like he's played seventy. He was absolutely yeah. brilliant at the breakdown tonight. It yeah. was, yeah. and that's the difference between sides. I feel for the players in these moments. Um, here is Tate McDermott. These these interviews are never fun. I feel for him, and we can feel the pain in his voice is here right now. Uh, Tate, 40 points to six uh, against Wales. Uh, how do you digest that performance? Yeah, look, mate, I'm pretty gutted, to be honest, like, like the whole squad. Um, that's not how we imagined our, our World Cup campaign going, but that's, that's the reality of it, and we're going to live with that. Um, you know, we put on the jersey tonight. We put on the jersey last week, and and there's no easy way to say it. Words won't do it justice, but um, it's not good enough. Uh, some of the things you tried to bring into the game were there, were there moments you thought, okay, this is working, or were you just sort of always on the back foot? I think in that first half we, we created a little bit. Um, we let ourselves down big time that second half. Um, we barely fired a shot uh, when we tried to fire a shot. It was in the wrong part of the field, so. Yeah, look, man, it's, it's a bit of a blur at the moment, but, um, yeah, mate. I can, can see that you're hurting uh, like everyone is who supports the Wallabies. 18-7 um, uh, penalty count against you against Fiji. It seemed like that was a, a, a crucial part of the game that you would focus on this week. Uh, it seemed to get away from you again. Is there something um, thematically or, or something in terms of the team itself that, that needs to fix quickly for Portugal next week in that regard? Uh, it's just our... Our work off the ball, mate, it's not good enough. Um, you know, we're a good side when we've got ball in hand. Um, but that's only a part of the game. Um, so we're kidding ourselves out there when we're walking. Um, when we're slow to set, uh, firing off that line. Um, yeah, mate, it's a little stuff again. Uh, yeah, and we're falling into the same trail. Uh, and you, know, you of all people have an appreciation for Wallabies fans there. You have a message for those that got up early back home, but also those that travelled here to support you and don that same gold jersey that you wear? Yeah, the support's been incredible. 
um, even tonight after last week, how many Aussies were out there supporting us. And yeah, uh, I, I apologise to them, to be honest. Um, on behalf of the team, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm gutted for them. And yeah, we'll, we'll go next week. Mate, we have definitely lost Jim Tucker there in the midst of the uh, the stadium there in Lyon. Um, stocks rising and falling. I mean, this this will be this will be interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see what you come up with here for stocks rising. Wow, that's really hard. There were early scrums that were good. Um, so for a while there, I was thinking Slipper and Bell. Then yep, they kind of fall, fell off too. But I, that's all I can come up with is Angus Bell. Uh, in terms of um, um, t- 2027, and if that's one of the issues, yeah. uh, he's a guy that you think could, you could build a scrum around. Um, yeah. I thought Matty Phillip worked hard, but he always does. Um, and so maybe his stock rose because he was kind of left out in the cold for a yeah. while. Yeah. Everyone else, yeah. I think, I, and I don't, I don't want to bash the players because I don't think tonight was really a story about the players. I think it, they were led to the slaughter in Lyon like lambs because their leader deserted them, betrayed them. I think um, it's almost like that movie Braveheart where all the nobles are conniving and conspiring, yeah. but there's actually like really tough guys who want to play yeah. and yeah. fight, but they didn't get uh, a they real didn't get chance. They didn't get ch- I, look, I wrote down Bell. I wrote down, I thought Andrew Kellaway was great for 60 minutes and I still can't work out why he was taken off. He was, he was one of the Wallabies best. Mark Nwagnitawazik was was great again. He's always yep. trying. He's always trying to to do something. But in the face of it, the names that I wrote down in terms of stocks rising are guys like Lenikitao, who wasn't taken. It's Ryan Lonigan who wasn't picked. It's Michael Ooh. Hooper. M- Michael Hooper's stocks may never have been higher. Um, and maybe the biggest stock rising of all of them is actually Dave Rennie right now. And and so conversely. If we go straight to stocks falling, then it's Hamish McLennan. It's Eddie Jones and his future employment stocks. Um, it's I feel for the for the sales team at Rugby Australia now having to sell lines to a travel packages for the next two years. I, I, I don't know how they I, I don't know how they do that job this week. Good luck is the best I can say to you. Yeah. The da- the danger of using publicity and good PR and he, he got us on the front page of the sports news as a rationale for substandard performance in the field is that in the end, losing always drives you down more. And the, in yeah. the end, the only thing that really pushes you up is winning in any sport. I mean, consi- you can be a clown all you want. You can juggle. You can have mermaids. You can have, you know, whatever, steak for free. <laughs> in the end, are you winning or not? Yeah. Well, here is Eddie Jones now speaking post-match. Uh, Eddie, initial reactions from the match? Oh, well, yeah, we're all gutted, mate. Um, yeah, I apologise to all the supporters here, everyone back at home. Um, yeah, we, we started the game reasonably well. Uh, obviously gave them an easy try, but then the next 30 minutes we, you know, we're into everything. Um, but then we just kept letting the pressure off, whether it be a set-piece error, a ball carry error, a kick error, and you know Wales were good enough to convert any any pressure they had into points. Sixteen six at halftime. What was the message to the players? Uh, we'll just keep doing what we're doing with a bit more urgency. You know we felt we were, we were trying to we were creating a little bit of space in their defence and there was opportunities for us, um, but we needed to be far more consistent. And that's you know that's the 
the theme of this World Cup campaign, which I apologise for. I want you to talk about apologies and responsibility. Are there certain things that you feel personally responsible for, or are you just you're the front man for the group, and you're saying that um, you know, to acknowledge how much Wallabies fans are probably hurting it right now? Yeah, well, you know, I'm the person given the responsibility to to coach the team, and I haven't done it well enough. And you know, I, I really apologise to everyone back home. Um, and you've got another game to go. Uh, and you're the leader of this group. How do you bring them back together after an emotional moment right now at the end of that game? How do you bring them back together and, and go and play Portugal? Yeah, well, we've got to find some good things out of the game, concentrate on those and, and pick ourselves up and put on a performance we can be proud of against Portugal. One thing I know about you is you're a proud Australian. Um, what did it mean seeing Wallabies fans leaving, seeing that, that stark scoreline tonight to you? Yeah, no, it's... it's uh... Yeah, I, I, again, I feel the responsibility for it. Um, you know, we're going through a pretty tough time at the moment. You know, whether we've hit rock bottom, I don't know. Um, but uh, I've got to take the full responsibility for that. So, mate, oh, I honestly, honestly don't know what to talk about now. Where, where, where do the Wallabies head to from here? They face Portugal back in sanity in next week. They may or may not win that game, but it almost doesn't matter now. Yeah, what well, they had is honesty, uh, enough of the bullshit, um, enough of corporate speak, enough of talking in circles. Just be real and say um, that plan was, was made up on the fly. There was uh, plenty wrong with all of it, and, and nothing really was working. And, and I, think, I think it's important to say that because if you don't, all you're doing is going to delay the actual fix. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a chance for the guys that we haven't seen a lot of uh, next week. It'll be the guys like Isaac Fines, Lily Awasa. It'll be the guys like, um, I'm trying to think who else is in that squad right now. Um, it'll be... Um, it, it, it Josh Kemeny. Josh Kemeny will come it will, it will be, It'll be Josh Kemeny. It'll be Zane Nongo. It'll be Blake, it'll be Blake Shop. Um, it will be you know, Jordan Ulesi, Matt, Matt Fessler. Um, you know, it'll be a chance for those guys to get a Rugby World Cup experience because right now, the Rugby World Cup experience for this guy, for this squad, is not very good at all. Um, and I actually saw a Paul Cully tweet just in the last few minutes, who, and he said simply and brilliantly, this is not the experience that these guys need. This is going to do a lot more damage than 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 what was planned. And it's... It's really hard to disagree with that at this point in time. Yeah, that was always the nonsensical thing. And there were so many false arguments made. Yeah. They said it's like the French in 2019. So yeah. the French in 2019 went to the quarterfinals. They were one elbow away on attack from going to the semifinals. There's only three players slotted in to play for France from that team now that were exactly. supposedly project players. So exactly. let's, let's let's stop with this. You don't, you don't put uh, two cappers and three cappers up against – Dan Bigger and Gareth Enscombe and expect a good outcome. Yeah. Uh, so, so I don't think that it actually does a guy like Carter Gordon any good. And I don't think Carter Gordon breaks because he's a tough kid and he's well looked after at his uh, club uh, club level. Mm. Um, and so I think he'll be okay. But that's uh, that was too much of a risk to put a guy like that into. And I don't think it makes sense for him at all. No, no, I completely agree with you. Mate, you've disappeared into the Leon night sky. They were really can't see you at all now um so i think we just put this instant reaction behind us we'll look into 
all the games over the weekend uh, into a little bit more depth in the weekly pot out in a few days. But, mate, I think that is us done after Wales. 40 points to six thumping of Australia this morning in Lyon. Um, our thanks to, to Jim Tucker for joining us before he, uh, before we lost him in the midst of the OL Stadium there in Lyon. Um, thank you, mate. Thanks for tuning in so, so quickly as you were trying to make your way out of the stadium as well. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. We'll do it all again uh, sometime soon. We will have all the fallout today, tomorrow, and throughout the week on theraw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite Rugby World Cup analysis, opinions, and conversations. Don't forget, the Raw has you covered with Rugby World Cup content as much as we can produce and as much as you can take in, which may well vary over the next couple of days. But all the reaction, the ratings, the colour, all the team news coming in over the next week will be there as well. So thanks so much for your company. Um, Harry and I will be back on Wednesday morning Australian time with another great guest for another great episode of the Raw Rugby Podcast, powered by ASICS, where we'll go over everything from this third weekend of Rugby World Cup 2023 and look forward to what the Wallabies can salvage out of their clash with Portugal and Sanity next weekend. 